Here we go. Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap, November the 10th edition. We're going to be covering the racing action from November 2nd through the 6th. My name is Ryan Janke alongside Corey Litton. That's me. Hey. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm uh, happy I made it in here, at least close to being on time for once. Uh, with all the ice and stuff going out there, and then, then finding out I don't have an ice scraper in my car, and yeah, the uh, no. fan and my heater. I mean, the heater works, the fan, not so much. It, it, I'd like to say it blows, but it doesn't. Today is not a day for no ice scraper. No, but at least it wasn't slippery driving here, so I got that going for me. <laughs> That's true. I was I was happy about that because I was expecting it to be a little little on the slippery side, so it was nice that it's not. Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of, kind of glad that I didn't really run into any patches of ice here. And my, I mean, my heater's not that great, but the car, the rest of the car sucks too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, man, this is the last week of racing action for 2022. That's right, man. Yeah. So you know, before we get started, uh, if you have not seen this yet, you can go to uh, uh, the KFGO um, uh, YouTube channel, which is actually Midwest Advertising, uh, and look at a video that Corey and I did. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it already, um, we did a little uh, a little review of Ross Chastain's Wild Ride. Uh, a, a few weeks ago. That's right. That's under the MWC advertising uh, YouTube page. Uh, I just looked it up. We're sitting right at about uh, 1.6 thousand views. Yep. yep about um, 1,600. Of uh, the recent videos that have been posted, the only one that is um, beating us is the North Dakota U.S. House debate. Yeah. From a few weeks ago. Uh, four neat. weeks ago for three, three and a half thousand. Mm-hmm. That's kind of neat. Yeah, so it, it, you could also search uh, KFGO, Ross Chastain, something like that. It'll, it'll come up. Kind of a neat video. Uh, something new for me that was kind of kind of neat to do. Well, same for me. I've never done a reaction video before, so that was uh, that was that was fun for yeah. the first time. Yeah. So if you get a chance, go check that out. That was that was a, a fun thing that we did. But uh, so this is the last racing action of 2022. There was some World of Outlaws. There was some NASCAR. Uh, and then, uh, and then that's going to be it for a little while, but that's not it for us. Right. Um, we got plenty of things planned. We do. And we'll, uh, we can talk about that after, uh, after we talk about what happened last week. Well, it started off uh, Wednesday, November 2nd, went all the way to Saturday, November 4th, the World of Outlaws World Finals at the dirt track at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, it started off on the Wednesday edition. We did kind of go over this last week, but we'll just kind of do it again because I'd like to have the whole context of the event going on here. Carson Macedo was leading for most of the race out there on uh, Wednesday, but he let one slip through his fingers as Logan Schuhart made a pass with just two laps to go to take the win. Top two in points, Brad Sweet and David Gravel were only separated by 18 points coming into that night. They were neck and neck in the late stages uh, as the race slowed with four laps to go for Donnie Schatz, who blew a right uh, rear tire. Uh, Gravel lost two spots at the end of the race, and Schuhart took the checkers. Uh, Macedo held on for a second. Uh, Sweet finished third, David Gravel in sixth, and Schatz uh, wound up in the 26th position, so just a tough break for uh, Donnie Schatz there at the end of that one. Uh, Brad Sweet uh, continued to be the point leader. David Gravel now lost uh, with losing those couple of spots, was 22 points behind Sweet in the second spot. Donnie Schatz moved back to fifth uh, with 265 or 256 points uh, back from Brad Sweet. Move on to Friday, November 4th. 
Donnie Schatz and Brad Sweet battled hard for the lead at the start of the race with Sweet coming out on top right at the beginning. Just four laps in the previous race winner, Logan Schuhart, slowed, bringing out the caution. On a restart, Anthony Macri spins out after contact with Cole Macedo. Cale Thomas, Garrett Williamson, and Zeb Weiser all collected. This was a real nasty wreck. Macri hit uh, tail tank first and ended up rolling. Um, basically, he spun, and the car just went, you know, gas tank first into the wall. Wow. And that crushed it, and it was leaking a lot of fuel afterwards, and he rolled hard. We've, we had a, we had an accident many years ago out at the Red River Valley Speedway that was like that, and uh, that driver, it was Randy Nygaard, he was very seriously hurt in that one, and so I'm usually I usually get pretty weary when I yeah. see uh, a hit like that, but thankfully all drivers were okay. On the restart though, shots was the shots of old. He was able to take the lead from Sweet and survived uh, traffic as well as a green white checkered finish to collect a Charlotte win number thirteen on his career, his fourth win of the year. One of those being his eleventh Knoxville Nationals this season. Mm-hmm. Um, career win number three hundred six. His sixty in his sixtieth uh, Charlotte start. Corey Eliason kind of showed up towards the end. He ended up finishing in the second spot. Brad Sweet finished in third. Championship contender David Gravel finished in the tenth spot. The win put shots ahead of Sheldon Hoddenshield for fourth in points in the point standings. While Brad Sweet was able to put more of a gap on David Gravel. Now that uh, point battle was uh, thirty six points. Uh, moving on to Saturday, the championship night. Uh, the World Finals, uh, uh, World of Outlaws final race of the season started off with a caution as Casey Kane and Brock Zierfoss spun on lap number one. Brad Sweet and Donnie Schatz again um, battled for the lead in the start with Sweet coming out on top. David Gravel was sitting in striking distance in the fifth spot. Uh, then traffic became a factor just seven laps in. Donnie Schatz used it to his advantage by taking uh, the lead four laps later. Schatz one of the best in traffic. That's where he made a lot of his money. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, oh, he's just dominant and just wins all the time. No, he was really good in traffic. It's like he could almost see 100 feet further than everybody else. And uh, he's back to doing that again. So this is not good news for everybody else. <laughs> and uh, the, one of the most dominant racers in World of Outlaws history is now back on his game. Yep. Um, and uh, Schatz uh, took everyone to school after this opening up a 4.074 second lead, but it got erased when Cale Thomas slowed with one lap to go. This is after the lead had already taken the checkered, or the white flag, excuse me. So they set up a rare one-lap shootout. So they just basically threw the green and the white at the same time, and first person back wins. Wow, that's and it. <laughs> that's shots, <laughs> shots cruise to his 14th Charlotte win, his fifth win of the year, Win number 307 on the career. Hot sauce Giovanni Salzi. Hot sauce. <laughs> I love it. He finished uh, second. Sheldon Hoddenshield finished in third. Carson Macedo finished in fourth. Brad Sweet fifth. David Gravel ended up finishing in 11th. The fifth place finish means that Brad Sweet secured his fourth consecutive World of Outlaws point title by 48 points over David Gravel. Uh, the last person to win four in a row was the last guy to, uh, to win a title, Donnie Schatz, but he won six in a row. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's a pretty good. Uh, it's, it's not a, the record because I know no. uh, Kinzer's got most of the most consecutive titles in a row. Sure, but it's a feat. I mean, no it's, matter no matter what you're doing to win that many times in a row is not easy. No, it's not easy at all. I mean, I I can't uh, put four steps together at the same time <laughs> some days. Um, <laughs> the big cat had five wins, forty one top fives, fifty nine top tens, and sixty nine starts. David Gravel had seven wins. 39 top fives and 60 top tens to end up finishing in the second spot. Carson Macedo had 11 wins, had the most wins of any of the outlaw competitors this year. He had a, uh, 37 top fives and 55 top tens to finish 
114 points back in the third spot. Donnie Schatz had five wins, 28 top fives, and 55 top tens to finish 240 points out in the fourth position. And again, one of those wins being the, the Knoxville Nationals. Kind of the, a big deal. <laughs> for his 11th Knoxville Nationals title. And he, he bookended the season, too. He he started off the year. He went out at uh, Volusia the first night out. And a track which I've uh, had the uh, pleasure to go out there and hang out at and watch and stand just a few feet away from the racing surface as they're coming by. Yep. And uh, fun fact about Volusia, it used to be paved in part of the Bush Series schedule back in the early 90s, late 80s kind okay. of thing. And uh, the the scene in Days of Thunder... Where they're doing the fifty laps my way, fifty laps oh, his yeah, way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was filmed at Volusia when really? it was a, when it was a paved track. Okay. So yeah, fun little fact there. So he started the season winning there, and then he got, of course, the Knoxville Nationals win, and then uh, the last two w- races of the year picking up the win. Nice little bookend on the season for Donnie Schatz putting himself into the top four. And uh, I would not be surprised if he's in contention for the points title next year. Even though, I mean. Part of the reason why he's he didn't have the greatest year is everybody else has gotten really good. Um, Brad Sweet, obviously, is one of the top in the game right now. Mm-hmm. The top. Um, but Carson Macedo, David Gravel, they've really come into their own, and they've, they've done real well. And uh, Sheldon Hoddenshield, that guy, I mean, he's a Hoddenshield. He's mm-hmm. just just like his dad, Jack, where he could he can do something amazing. Yeah, you know, he or can just drive. Or he can be out to lunch, too. Um, <laughs> either way, it's spectacular. <laughs> Uh, the stroker race mentality, though. You either win or you crash. You're doing something something crazy. And, sure. But uh, when he puts a good string together of, of good finishes out there, he does, I mean, he can be really dangerous as far as the point standings go. And it's it's going to be fun to watch next year with the World of Outlaws with all these great competitors plus Donnie Schatz back on the top of his game. Yeah. They, they, they talked in victory lane that they tried something and they kind of went back to something, one of their old ways. And it showed that he didn't lose it. He mm-hmm. still got it. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm already ready for next year. And uh, next up for the World of Outlaws, it's coming up real quickly. It'll be Thursday, February 9th. The Dirt Car Nationals will start up at the Volusia Speedway Park in Barberville, Florida. All right. And yeah, with uh, every with the competition level coming up, it just is just good, just good racing. I mean, I'd I'd rather see everybody else come up than. Uh, a really good driver fall down. You know, like uh, if you don't like it, then figure out a way to win. Right. Like, like when uh, uh, Jeff Gordon was winning all the titles in NASCAR or Jimmy Johnson. If you don't like it, step up your game and win. Right. Uh, I mean, there's two ways that this usually goes. The Either everyone starts accusing the winner of cheating mm-hmm. all the time, which uh, usually uh, tends to be mostly wrong from, yeah. from my experience. Sure. Um, or you get better. Yeah. Um, or uh, I guess three ways. The other person just kind of quits or he quits. Yeah. <laughs> retires, whatever. Sure. But like, uh, I mean, and that's the thing. Everybody just caught up to Donnie mm-hmm. and, and uh, throwing a lot. Uh, also along with this, you get some of the uh, people that come in and just kind of in pick and choose some other races where they just kind of show up like a Kyle Larson kind of thing too. That always throws a monkey wrench in everything. Yeah, yeah, it does. You know, he can win, he can win an uphill wheelbarrow race while he's sitting in it. Right. And (laughs) (laughs) so he, he, uh, yeah, you got that going for you. And it's, it's been a, it's been a compelling year to, to watch because I mean, Brad Sweet does usual dominant racing, but there was always something that could have gone another way Mm -hmm. in almost every race that was out there. It wasn't really 
total domination. He wasn't running away. Sure. He always had somebody to compete with. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's... It's it's going to be a good year next year. Yeah, yeah, and that starts like you said, February 9th, Dirt Car Nationals at Volusia Speedway. Yeah, we get that long break. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> from November to February, two two months, two yeah. months, and I no, know three uh, months. I know Brad Sweet. I believe he's going down to uh, Australia to race for a little bit too. Oh, okay. So he's he's going to stay busy in the he, off season. He can't can't wait that long. No. Yeah, three three months. December, January, February. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we had some NASCAR action too. We've got the call here from NASCAR.com. Logano has been the class of the field all day long. The 32-year-old Joy Logano, he's already built a Hall of Fame career. Today, he etches his name in stone as one of the few to capture multiple championships. Logano is a two-time NASCAR Cup Series champion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Great drive. Way to hang in there. Proud of you. Now, obviously, you can't see this, but uh, his crew chief, uh, the the way he was just sitting up in the in the box there, it looked like he was going to start crying. <laughs> well, you know, it's. NASCAR makes it to where you really can't be comfortable until it's over. <laughs> yeah. So um, they've they found a way to make it uh, very drama-filled as far as uh, the whole chase for the cup uh, in the NASCAR championship. So yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> probably so much, uh, so much, so many nerves and stuff finally letting out and going. So yeah. sometimes that makes people cry. Yep, exactly. So you're going to give the recap here, uh, but I got a question about the closing laps and what your thoughts are on them. But you go ahead, do your thing, and we'll get to that. Well, of course, that call uh, was uh, by Rick Allen. Rick, don't call me the drummer from Def Leppard Allen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He did a pretty good job uh, most of the season as far, I mean, he did half the year being the main announcer for NASCAR. So um, uh, he did a a pretty good uh, job this year. Um, I don't know. We might as well start off with your question. I kind of want to. I'm kind of uh, wondering about this now. Well, uh, second place was your guy Ryan Blaney, right? Who is a teammate of Joey Logano. Had it not been Blaney back there, do you think we would have seen more more drama with Ross Chastain in third? I mean, would somebody have been fighting him a little bit harder and? And we could have seen a whole pallet of watermelons getting smashed. And- <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm kind of with you on that one. Um, Ryan Blaney did the good uh, good teammate deal. Mm-hmm. He uh, he did uh, he pushed uh, Joey Logano pretty well, but he let off. Uh, you, yeah. you could tell he let off. Right. And uh, he did the like I said, he played the good teammate and made sure that he didn't disrupt his teammate uh, going for a championship. And I yeah. mean Blaney. He could have been the twentieth different winner of the year. Yeah, he he definitely had the assist there. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, um, and probably um, I mean I'm not in the car uh, or in anybody's head, but I wonder if if there was conversation saying Ross Chastain is behind you. <laughs> be good. Yeah, it, it wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't surprise me on that one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's going right to the start. Joey Logano and Chase Elliott were looking for their second career championships, while Christopher Bell and Ross Chastain were looking for their first. Joey Logano started off the day on the right foot by jumping out to the lead and uh, uh, promptly winning stage number one. His, his teammate Ryan Blaney finishing in the second spot. Then it was Chase Briscoe, Kyle Larson, Martin Truex Jr., Chase Elliott, William Byron, and Kevin Harvick 
Tyler Reddick, Austin Sindrick rounding out the top 10, getting points in the the uh, the segments out there. Uh, Penske Racing continued its dominance as Logano led most of the second segment. On lap 82, or 85, Landon Castle spun off of turn number two, collecting Ricky Stenhouse, bringing out the caution. Several drivers elected to pit, others trying different strategies to improve their track position. But, I mean, right on the restart, Joey Logano proved to be too tough, and he got the lead back immediately on the restart. I think they went five or six wide going through the dog leg and stuff, and he just kind of he did the uh, Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. Blue Bayou. <laughs> and <laughs> so if anything, uh, if anyone in the field had anything for Logano, though, it was Blaney who took the lead with 25 laps to go in stage two. And it was at that point where I was sitting there thinking he might he might get his win. Yeah. He, he might get a win this year. Um, he spent most of the year not uh, without a win. Yeah. All of the all of it, it uh, yeah, turns out. Um, yeah. And not that he wasn't in contention. He was there. He was a right lot. there. Yeah, every, uh, uh, not every race, but a lot of races. Yeah, he was right in the mix. And he almost made the championship four without a win for, yeah. through the whole season. So I mean, he was always very competitive. Uh, Blaney took stage number two, the the win, despite almost hitting the turns one and two wall in the last lap. Uh, it was one of those things where I think he kind of let off, mm-hmm. and it made the front end chatter a little bit. Oh sure. Uh, yeah. Then it was uh, Logano, Truex, Briscoe, Harvick, Bell, Byron, Larson, Reddick, and Austin Sindrick rounding out the top 10. Uh, that set up a 120-lap sprint finish to the win, or for the win out there and the championship. Michael McDowell and Tyler, Tyler Reddick, though, spun in turns three and four, bringing out the race's fourth caution. On the restart, this is where we had a little bit of drama between our uh, championship four. Ross Chastain and Chase Elliott made contact, sending Elliott into a spin, lightly contacting the inside wall, ending his championship hopes. With 45 laps to go, Alex Bowman spun after making contact with Michael McDowell, who, uh, congratulations, was involved in the most caution flags throughout the whole race. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Bowman hit the inside wall and the back straightaway head on. And, you know, this is the first race back after having uh, concussion-like symptoms. Oh, okay. So, it was good to see that he was okay after that one. Uh, that was not a very forgiving-looking hit. That brought out the uh, caution just as the green flag pit stops were completed. Following the incident, Brad Keselowski's car caught fire, and that ended his day. Um, it was interesting. Uh, the, it, I, I've heard that it was the Fords that have had that issue all year. It's okay. kind of wrapped, kind of came came into that. So the Fords were catching fire uh, f- the most since the Ford Pinto. <laughs> if you remember that that fun uh, uh, back then yeah <laughs> um, so nice to see that hasn't changed uh, Logano was able to get the lead with 29 laps to go after that one it was all he needed as Logano led 187 laps to win the race and the championship Ryan Blaney finished in the second spot Ras Chastain gave it a great shot at the end but finished in third after starting in 25th so I mean Again, that was another uh, another strong strong run out there. Twenty fifth to third third is nothing to sneeze at. No, no. Um, just needed two more. But uh, yeah, Christopher Bell ended up finishing in the tenth spot, and then uh, Chase Elliott wound up in the twenty eighth position out there. One of the things that I've always kind of uh, kind of liked uh, when you get into the championship rounds is there is some kind of psychological things that go on. Um, there was a uh, I remember one of the one of the titles that. Earnhardt and Mark Martin were going at it with, uh, uh, towards the end of it, they had a test session. Dale Earnhardt went out for like five laps, mm-hmm. packed it all up and left. There was supposed to be like a two or three hour test session at one of the racetracks. Okay. Mark Martin raced all day. 
drove lap after lap. Dale did five laps, pulled in. I'm done. Out of here. And that got into Mark Martin's head, and he did not leave until he got that car (laughs) as perfect as possible. And all he did was wear himself out and uh, mentally and physically, and Earnhardt ended up winning the title because, I mean, he was just in his head. Yeah. And uh, I always remember the, the, I can't remember, uh, it was Kevin Harvick uh, who basically got in um, Carl Edwards' head so bad at the end of the, the end of the season that Carl Edwards pretty much had to quit racing altogether <laughs> because Harvick was just talking smack uh-huh. and saying, yeah, we're going to win this one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> kind of giving a look like this guy. Yeah. He's not going to beat me, but <laughs> they, uh, and stuff like that can me can do something at the end of the season. And, you know, having two teammates running one, two in such dominant fashion, it had to make the, these other drivers and stuff, um, it had to worry them. I mean, it had to get in their head a little bit that these guys are, it's not just the guy that's going for the title that's strong. Yeah. His teammate is good too. Right. So it, that, that had to get in everybody's head just a little bit. And, and have the old, I can't, I can't win. Right. Once you have that mentality, it's, you're, it's, you're it's over. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, Ross Chastain did do a fantastic job trying to get back into, into it, though, and uh, he gave it a good good go at it. Well, it just wasn't close enough to try the Hail Melon once again, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he would have done that two weeks in a row. I suppose maybe he would have, but, man, I think he was, uh, I think he was struggling after last week's uh, Hail Melon, as you called it. Well, you got to wonder, though, a little bit. Um, does he want to turn into Gallagher with his thing? Does he want to do the same thing every time? Kind of, kind of. <laughs> no, Carl Edwards did the backflip all the time, right? But I mean, that was that that was that was crazy too. But he must bring. Do you think he brings watermelons along to every race just in case? He has to. I, I mean, where else would he get I, them from? I suppose he. Yeah, I suppose it's he not would. a concession stand item. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I've never been to that, a NASCAR you know race. What? You know what? That might be uh, something to to market now is a watermelon stand at a NASCAR race. <laughs> I mean, it, it does make a lot of sense. <laughs> Usually, it's hot. Watermelon's good when it's uh, when when it's uh, blistering heat out there. Uh, you know, now that I think about it, in my experience uh, working at uh, a lot of racing events, I, I was doing a, a race, a motocross race out in Pala, California, at what's now I think Fox Speedway, and. Uh, um, they served watermelon with, uh, they only had food trucks. They didn't have really a concession stand out there. Sure. But, but pretty much two of the three food trucks out there served watermelon as part of the meal that you yeah. get there. There you go. So maybe maybe they do sell it at a lot of other places. Watermelon on a stick. Deep fried watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buttered watermelon. Oh, wait, no. That's different thing altogether. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the NASCAR is done. Uh, they got they got the long off season coming up here too. Their next race will be the Clash at the Coliseum on Sunday, February fifth, out in L.A. That's right. Is that the second the the second time they'll be doing that? Last year was the first, right? Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, do they have Dr. Dre lined up again for halftime? It was Ice Cube. Was oh yeah, Ice, Ice Cube. Cube. Ice Cube. I'd love to have uh, love to have an Ice Cube back out there. I thought that was one of the coolest things ever <laughs> to have him coming out there, rolling around in one of his lowriders, uh-huh. and then just coming straight out and, and you know belting out the hits. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. I know that really angered a lot of the old guard that loved NASCAR and still watch it, but watch it mainly to complain. It gave them well, everything they needed. But. Yeah, well, it, it, there was a lot of <laughs> a lot of fodder there, but you know, I watched it. And uh, it looked to me like the crowd wasn't totally in it. I don't know if they knew where they, what they were doing, to be <laughs> honest with you. But it was it exposed NASCAR to a newer audience, 
And, you know, looking through, I've, I've done a lot of watching, just kind of comparing notes as far as, like, ratings. Uh, ratings for NASCAR races, YouTube hits. Um, this year, they've been off the charts with them. Uh, they've, they've been at least doubling on average what they have done in the past. Yeah. And their, their uh, actual TV ratings are, are up. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing yeah. for uh, for NASCAR because the more attention that gets put on a, on a NASCAR racing and stuff like that, it, the attention spills over into local dirt track racing too. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like like I said, you get a Kyle Larson that that's allowed to go out there and race anywhere he wants to, yeah, when, when he wants to, and he'll come to a racetrack and that'll automatically bring eyes to that to that racetrack and. Uh, so if he's doing well, if NASCAR is doing well, it's getting attention. It's 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 rising tide floats all boats kind of thing. Uh-huh. So um, it's it's been interesting this season uh, with that whole thing. Just watching the the ratings, watching the YouTube hits, and just knowing that NASCAR is gonna start. You're gonna start seeing more mm-hmm. sponsorships come in there. Yeah, yeah. M and M's might have just left, but guess what? There might be some other candy company coming in here. We might have the Battle of the Beers back again. Yeah, who knows? I missed that. <laughs> you, know, you get the Bud Bud car versus the Coors car versus the Miller car. That was awesome yeah, back in the day. It was. Yeah, I mean, we could get stuff like that again, which uh, it'd be fun to fun to see the money come back into the sport and filter down into the into the local stuff too. Yeah. All right. So uh, that wraps up this season for the for racing, but we've got other stuff coming up. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about? I mean, I know we we've. Uh, We've already got one movie uh, that we've both watched that we're going to do a little review on here, maybe in in a few weeks or a month's time, or uh, maybe we'll try to completely put it out of our brain. And I already forgot the name of it. Um, <laughs> at, I know, any, uh, at any price. That's right. At any price, which is uh, Dennis Quaid, uh, Zach, Zach Efron. Yeah. Uh, uh, Heather, Heather Graham's in there. Heather yeah. Graham is in there. Um, I, I've got, uh, well, we'll wait till the movie review, uh, uh, episode, but, um, she didn't bring anything to the show. No, uh, no. that, that was kind of a weird piece of the, of the movie, but we'll get there it really, uh, when the time yeah, comes. Yeah. Um, we don't want to give away too much of this, but, no. um, like I said, I already, until we <laughs> started talking about it, I forgot the name of the movie, <laughs> but if you want to watch it, it's at any price. Uh, you could probably find it really cheap on Amazon. The bushel bin at Walmart, maybe. I, I don't even know if it made it that far. <laughs> I don't know if it did. I never heard of it. I mean, Roger Ebert gave it four or gave it four stars. He and did. It was his last movie that he gave a four star rating to, and I think that kind of ruined his credibility in my mind. Well, he he did, and uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it at like fifty one. If that tells you anything, <laughs> but yeah, we don't want to we don't want to spoil that. But it's things like that we have coming up. We're going to try to get some uh, uh, some interviews with some hopefully some drivers and uh, other announcers from from all around and. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, some some uh, championship stuff, right? right? The Checkers and Records Championship of the World is coming up here. Uh, I'm going to start working on that one as soon as I get home from here today because there's a lot of stuff I got to put together. Yeah, there. I do a lot of adding. Um, but you know, to kind of go over it again, kind of kind of set it up. Uh, how we determine that is all the races I go to. If you win, you get a point. If you're a champion, uh, like a season champion at one of the racetracks I work at, you get a point. Or a series champion like the Dakota Mod Tour, you get a point. Kind of stuff like that. Yeah. And th- those add up. We kind of divide you up into classes based on, uh, obviously, with the different sanctioned bodies around this area, we kind of kind of have to combine a few of them together kind of thing. Uh, your uh, Midwest Mod, Sport Mod, they're together. Uh, street Stock stock Car, they're together. Um 
we figure out class champions, where of course got the rollover contest. I'm going to try to comb through as much of what I did this year in the 105 or so races I made it to and find what I thought was you know some of the biggest moments, uh-huh. uh, the race of the year if I can if I can narrow that down enough. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course the uh, the driver of the year, which is the Checkers and Wreckers champion of the world. There you go. So yeah, we've got that coming up. There's a lot of things. Uh, we don't have any racing until February, but we've got a lot of uh, other things that we want to do in the meantime. Uh, there is a race going on this weekend. I'm usually at it every year, but this year it was just a little different. Uh, I, I didn't get the chance to go down this uh, season, but the the Duel in the Desert's going on right now out of the, uh, out of the XR Speedway uh, in, in Las Vegas. Um, XR is broadcasting it, so I'll be watching. And we got some people down there that are actually from this area. I know Colin Hibden went down there. Who uh, he's in contention for the the uh, champion of the world. Okay. Um, he's uh, one of the better better modified drivers I've seen, and he's a young kid, and he's just going to get better. Yeah. So he's going to be down there and looking to win. He's originally from Pahrump, Nevada, so that's kind of a home track. Okay. Thing, but Going he has home. he moved up to Fargo here. Okay. If, couple of years ago to, to uh, join up with a, a local shopper in this area and he's driving the house car and looking to get the win at his uh, his kind of home track. Cool. Okay. So I'll be covering that a little bit. We'll, we might throw that one in there um, here next week also. Sure. So there you go. Um, as we record this, it is uh, November 10th. You've got one more live episode with the KFGO Morning Crew. Is that right? That's right. On eleven uh, eleven, get to go and do the final one. We're going to kind of recap what we just talked about a little bit ago, but in shorter form, and it's the fastest five minutes in uh, in racing because it's usually three. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and it's been, been a lot of fun. I mean, I've, I've never done as many episodes as I have this season, yeah. so it's been... It's been great being a part of that again, once again, with the uh, KFGO Morning Crew and getting some good attention uh, paid to our our local racing and national racing. Yeah. So there you go. Um, We've got, as we just said, a lot of of stuff yet to cover. So don't go anywhere. Make sure you're tuning in. Uh, If you've got friends who are into racing, um, you know, this might be a good time to jump in because we're going to be doing a lot of uh, different things rather than, uh, ju- you know, recapping races and things like that. So uh, share it around. Let people know you're listening to Checkers and Records Victory Lap. Let them know how to get it, which is at kfgo.com. Or you can go anywhere, the Google Play Store, uh, Apple Store, all that sort of thing. Wherever you get podcasts, you can find Checkers and Records Victory Lap. And uh, definitely go to kfgo.com. You'll find it there. So, for Corey Litton, I am Ryan Janke. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap.